0: So money is brought to you by CNET, the site that shows how to navigate change all around us. So money episode thirteen ninety nine: How to save money on travel with Brian Kelly, the points guy.
1: You're listening to So Money with award winning money guru Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a thirty minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life. Welcome to So Money. And the airlines are naughty with refunds too. You know, airlines will make you jump through hoops. Most consumers don't realize like if your flight's super delayed or canceled, you are owed a 100% cash refund. Don't let them give it to you in some sort of voucher. You gotta get the cold hard cash.
0: Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. I have been waiting to release this episode with my friend, Brian Kelly. He's the founder of The Points Guy. If you're not following TPG, I'm sorry to say you're gonna lose a lot of money on travel. This episode is chock full of Brian's best advice, which you know, if you have been flying or are planning to fly and have purchased tickets, you know things are a little bit messy. Just a little. He's got advice on how to claim your refund if your flight is super delayed or canceled, which is much more probable these days. How to save money on travel insurance. How to use your credit card points to get the most out of your travel plans. How to bank on the exchange rate. JetBlue's acquisition of Spirit Airlines. Is this the death knell for cheap flights? How is this going to shake up flight prices? And if he could only visit one place between now and the end of the year, where would it be and why? Here's Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, the points guy. Welcome to So Money, my friend.
1: Thanks for having me. What's going on?
0: What's going on is flights are darn expensive these days. And I don't know if I'm just looking in the wrong places, uh, but I feel like all that stimulus money that the airlines got, um, why am I not benefiting from that right now? So that's what the impetus of this conversation was. And, and, And you are such a Treasure chest of knowledge, Brian. That I figured. You know, let's just like blow this out. Let's talk about the state of the travel industry. What we can expect in the in the months ahead. Where what are what's what's, what's exciting to you? Um, what are the challenges you're seeing? And then any advice you have for us? So, but always a pleasure to have. Well, this is the first time you've been on the show. I think
1: <sighs> you've. I think so. we've I've, talked I've, we've before. before, but I think this is the first time on this show. Yeah.
0: Yes. Let's get right into it, Brian. State of the Air Travel Union. If you had to give this a, a title or a scale of 1 to 10, what's, what's going on right now? How's the travel industry faring?
1: Yeah. The travel industry as a whole globally is under immense stress and to the point where it's breaking. You know, I've never in my life seen... Uh, the infrastructure of the travel industry, simply just failing consumers on a daily basis. I mean, you know, historically, airports like Oslo, Amsterdam, um, you know, Zurich, these have been the bastions of efficiency. And they essentially this summer have given up, you know, London asked airlines to cancel tickets that are already sold to reduce capacity. um, And I've just never seen that before. So I'm an optimist. I will preface this. I do think things are cooling off. So from April to June of this year, we saw flight prices increase nearly 20% month over month. And we're all freaked out about, you know, eight or 9% year over year. So travel has been hit. You know, when we talk inflation, anyone who's booked flights or hotels will tell you it's just like crazy. And the unfortunate part is we're paying crazy prices and we're getting horrific service. Um, right? which has caused so many people to say, is it even worth it to go to Europe this summer? Not in, not only is the issue that, but there's also heat waves, you know, going to Rome in August now, which many people used to do is unbearable. Yeah, um, I myself was in Florence in June for a wedding and it was a hundred degrees, you know, it's not, you know, and there's no public transit. So you got to walk everywhere. You're sweating. Um, that being said, I am the optimist. I do think this fall, the airlines will get a little bit of a breather before the holiday um, travel season to hopefully they get... They
0: have to clear. get their act together. This is not sustainable. When an airline is giving you, you know, that's anecdotal, but like $10,000 for you to get off the plane. How is that a sustainable business plan?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's that... Those are rare. You know, they, they make headlines. But most of the time, consumers, unfortunately, don't even know their rights. And some airlines are better than others. But actually, the, the the Biden administration just came out uh, recently, very recently, and saying, you know, the airlines are naughty with refunds too. You know, airlines will make you jump through hoops. Most consumers don't realize, like, if your flight's super delayed or canceled, you are owed a one hundred percent cash refund. Don't let them give it to you in some sort of voucher. You got to get the cold hard cash. And airlines are sneaky. They'll hide the form to submit to get that. And do everything possible and just, you know, beat the consumer down. And a lot of times, even when airlines cancel your flight, all those extras that you paid for, like the extra seats or baggage, which they really tell you to do in advance now, they'll refund the airfare, but they'll forget to do all of the others. And it's, it's frankly, it's, I think it's theft. Um, and luckily, I, and I do hope the Biden administration pushes through these new rules um, to really protect consumers because in the United States, we don't have a passenger bill of rights. So consumers, Mm -hmm. we've got to stick up for each other. And most importantly, you need to understand your rights and protections. And this is where understanding your credit card perks can make all the difference. Because top travel credit cards, well, when the airlines screw everything up, which they will and continue to, you're not going to get compensation from them, but you can from your credit card companies. And that's an aha moment for so many people. Like, oh, I didn't even think to go to... But most credit cards and you know, using the right travel credit card with trip interruption, delay, luggage reimbursement is crucial. So I'm the points guy and I love points. But I think today we need to have a discussion about perks and making the yeah. actual travel process more seamless.
0: So important to book with a credit card. You know, people still don't. They'll book on their debit cards and I'm like what are you doing? Um, my brother and his girlfriend, um, they were on a, a JetBlue flight recently and they boarded and then they said, you know what, we all have, we ha- everybody off. Uh, this plane is not safe to fly. I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I guess that's a good enough reason, but now I'm totally terrified. And, um, you know, everybody was scrambling to rebook. In the olden days, they would just rebook you on some random next flight, which may or may not work for you. And that's how they're sneaky because, um they think they're doing you a courtesy of like, well, we'll automatically book you on the next available flight. But no, I want my money back. Yeah. And this new flight's not going to work for me because I was supposed to go to a conference, which is now halfway done because we haven't land, we haven't flown off the ground. Yeah. Um, going back to what you said about all of this chaos, what is the problem? They can't find pilots. They can't find workers. Gas prices are too high. What's going on?
1: Well, okay. So the issue – so in the U.S., I mean – when we see these horrible travel headlines, 20,000 bags, lost at Heathrow, strikes across Europe. I mean, the European airlines are truly melting down. Like even Toronto and Montreal, they're ha- they're like outrageous. We actually, it's not that bad in the U.S. You know, if you fly this summer, you might have a delay due to weather, air traffic, whatever. But um, the real issue is in Europe, what happened is in the United States, we bailed the, the airlines out $54 billion of taxpayer money to basically not fire everyone, which is what the airlines were going to do, because they were just like, how do we yeah. you know, get, you know, we're for profit companies with shareholders. And the best way to do that is to reduce your force. So in the U.S., it's like actually not as bad as the rest of the world. In Europe, they didn't do that. There were no bailouts and they have really rich you know unemployment. And, you know, whenever you get laid off from a job, depending on the European country, like you're getting tons of, um, you know, uh, furlough pay, etc. So they furloughed a ton of you know employees across the aviation industry specifically. And now those people just don't want to come back. You know, they've gotten other jobs. They, you know, and especially now that it's so horrible to work in airports, right. like, who's going to be the first one to, to go back? So that's where in Europe it's really melted down in the United States. There's a lot of different issues. The pilot shortage, you know, crew crew is they'll say we don't have enough crews to do this flight or our crew timed out. We've all heard that after waiting hours and then oh, we've hit the time limit and it's no longer safe to fly. So the pilot shortage is real. I've talked to a lot of mm-hmm. pilots recently. We're kind of burying our head in the sand with it. La 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 like oh it's it's not an issue. We'll just, you know, the government's trying to extend the retirement age to 66 from 64. That's like putting a thumb in the, in the dam that's about to explode. The big issue is it's expensive to become a pilot. And in the old days, a lot of people came from the Air Force. So huge amount of people going to the Air Force that wanted to become commercial pilots. We've seen rates drop dramatically of people, you know, joining the Air Force. Private pilot, you know, education's over $100,000. And those initial jobs for pilots, like the regional carriers literally can pay as low as $30,000 a year. So there's this huge, a lot of people want to become pilots. They don't have access and can't pay off the loans, even if they do go through it. So we've seen United Airlines actually started their own pilot institute, um, especially to bring in more women and pilots of color, which is amazing. So kudos to United. But this is something the whole industry has to take a look at um, because pilots are old and they're retiring and it's just going to keep getting worse. So, the airlines still have some planes and storage that they can't even bring back because they don't have enough pilots to fly them. And, you know, it's the same thing with, you know, gate agents and the people who- Flight
0: attendants operate
1: too. the it's- jet bridge, right? How many times, I was at JFK recently after a six-hour flight we had to wait two hours at the gate looking at it for someone <laughs> to come let us off, like- Um, and it takes a long time to train those people, even if you hire them today. So we saw with the jobs report, you know, hiring's robust, people have options, you know, so I'm hopeful that the industry, I mean, they are working to fix it. I think after the summer rush, you know, the September, you know, people go back to school, the numbers will drop off for a while pre Thanksgiving. And I hope we will see some progress with Mm -hmm that. But the other underlying issue is the air traffic control system in the United States is ultra outdated. And I was hoping as part of our infrastructure, billions that we're spending that, you know, roads and bridges absolutely need to be fixed in this country, but we need a multi-billion dollar overhaul of our air traffic control system. It is still air traffic controllers in the tower. They have like metal slots where they slot each plane coming in and they have technology as well, but it's antiquated. And what we see in cities like New York, where there's airspace is so tight, uh, you know, a simple rainstorm will throw everything out of whack. And then because our aviation system is so interconnected, that flight that's delayed into JFK is going to be late to LA and that flight to Tokyo that we're that plane, you know, so it's a lot of systemic issues that, you know, hiring some more employees might stave off some of the delays and cancellations we're seeing, but... The industry needs some real leadership. Yeah. Um, and I don't see it on the horizon right now,
0: right. how How would a deepening recession impact the industry? Uh, it sounds from what I'm hearing from you is like what the what the airline industry really needs is just people to back off. yeah, stop booking so many flights. and that might happen in a recession
1: for sure. I mean, the biggest thing was demand shot up so quickly this summer, and that's why we saw that twenty percent month over month. Since then, flight prices have cooled off. Look, we're seeing gas prices drop for, I think, the sixth week in a row. Um, You know, we've seen tech companies laying off big amounts of people. Uh, You know, so when consumers are a little bit more worried about their financial future, a lot of that, you know, a lot of people saved a lot of money during the pandemic. And when that money starts to dry up or people realize they might need to have that six month or year nest egg, hey, and I I talked to people today that are saying, we're not, you know, we're not going to take that trip. We're staying local. Um, although staying local can still cost you as much as going to Europe these days, depending where sure. you go. Know. Um, so, I have been yeah.
0: absolutely. I have been absolutely buying refundable tickets mm-hmm. and paying more for it because between the potential of a COVID situation in our family or whatever, you know, I, I don't even buy the. I don't buy the insurance. Yeah. I just get the fully refundable it's, ticket. It's so
1: that's such a good tip, and people don't realize that sometimes it's only fifty bucks more. Um, we're yes. also pre-programmed to just go for the cheapest, but as my dad told me growing up, cheap is expensive, right? Cause, and I, I do the same with hotel reservations. It might, and it pains me sometimes to be like paying $50 more a night. I'm like, but what you can do is when you know that trip's going to happen a day or two before, you can also check to see if that non-refundable is still available, which a lot of times it is. So you can cancel your refundable and rebook at that lower rate, right. um, And I would just like to remind people that most frequent flyer programs, this is why points and miles actually became more valuable um, throughout the recession is most airlines took away the fees to redeposit your miles if you want to book a trip. So what I do is when I have trips and I'm mm, not 100 percent sure, I actually redeem miles. And if it happens, great. If it doesn't, then I just cancel and I get all my miles back. And, you know, here's my insider tip. Like sometimes if I have to go to a wedding or a speaking gig where it's like I have to get somewhere, I'll buy a ticket on one airline and then use miles on a different one as a backup three hours later. So that in a worst case scenario, my original flights delayed or canceled. I have that backup flight because flights these days sell out. And sometimes when your flight gets canceled and you see it all the time in the news, people missing weddings and cruises yeah. because they, they didn't give themselves enough leeway Um, I'm sure the airlines don't love me telling people, but it's totally legal, but you have to do it on two different airlines. Cause if you do it on one airline, they'll see that you have a double reservation. Um, but I think, Hey, the airlines, uh, put consumers through the ringer. So where I can give myself and my readers a, a leg up in protecting themselves, um, I don't feel bad about it.
0: We so appreciate you for it. You mentioned earlier that, you know, we don't have a bill of rights for passengers in this country, but, um, I didn't know you could always just get your refund if the flight was crazy delayed or canceled. What are the hoops you have to go through to get that money back in your bank account?
1: So generally the airline has, uh, you know, you can submit for a refund and here's another little tip, um, are you... Oh, sorry. You're still yeah, there. Sorry. You're, you're okay.
0: I meant to mute and then I went off. So, so what
1: you can do is usually in your reservations, um, you can... It'll say... Uh, if you just Google airline and then submit a uh, refund request, most of you can put in your ticket. Here's another thing. Sometimes even in the past, like if I had to cancel or whatever, I'll still submit ticket refund requests and sometimes they grant it to you. Like My favorite thing in the travel world is it, it never hurts to ask. So, you know, say you missed a flight or whatever, you know, you can always submit for a refund and see Uh, it takes two seconds. And, you know, sometimes uh, they'll give it to you. You know, some airlines like Delta is really generous. And sometimes if you are very, very nice to a phone agent, they can do uh, amazing things for you. So never be mean to airline employees as much as you want to kill them with kindness. And I've gotten a lot of extensions or um but so you can submit it online. And I would also mention if you're flying to Europe or home from Europe, they, they do a, a consumer bill of rights and it's called EU 261 compensation. So if you're flying to or from the EU on an EU carrier or a US carrier, you know, to and from and your flights delayed, they owe you cash compensation. And, you know, my friends were at a wedding in Ireland and United Airlines canceled their flight home the next day and they had to take like an earlier flight that really threw their plans for a loop. They had to leave the wedding at 11 p.m., drive overnight. Like, and United wasn't going to offer them anything because they're like, we rebooked you. But EU law states that United had to. And I told them about it and they submitted and got $800 cash each. And nice. they're like, we had no idea. They weren't telling them. Wow. Um, so whenever the, Europe's involved, always check. And there are companies that will. They'll charge you 30% of your refund to do it for you, but it's pretty simple to submit Mm -hmm. that compensation. And then, you know, when things go wrong, your credit card, you know, Chase Sapphire is really good with this. Amex has the uh, trip delay, but you have to have it be a round trip ticket, which not everyone does. Chase Sapphire, I think is the best overall travel protection coverage where... Your flight's delayed. Um, they'll reimburse up to $1,000 a ticket, depending on your credit card. That's for hotels, rental cars, all of those costs that are included, especially if you've got a family, food. If you can't get your luggage, they'll also reimburse. So, you know, travel insurance, I don't really buy. I just use my credit card protection and my frequent flyer miles to kind of build a bubble of protection around me.
0: That travel insurance that they get you at the very end, it's kind of predatory. They're like, are you sure? Like, you, you clicked no. Are you sure?
1: Yeah. So by the way, here's a little secret. With the airlines yeah. during their you know, purchase flow, a lot of times that's not even travel insurance. It's called travel protection. Yeah, what And the it's heck? garbage. And a lot of that's uncovered with your credit card. If you want real travel insurance, never buy it directly from the airline when they make it that easy. It's not good. You know, it's not good coverage so i always recommend insuremytrip.com i have no financial relationship with them but they're an independent um, marketplace where you can buy coverage for trips on cheap airline tickets it's not even worth it but if you're going on a ten thousand dollar a person cruise and your spouse has a health condition that could flare up there are policies that even include pre-existing conditions so it's really critical that you buy a policy that covers what you might need it for now we can't always uh, you know see the unexpected but um you know if you have a really sick family member you know a lot of policies will cover you know and it will list the type of family member. so if it's like an aunt you may want to buy one policy or if it's a brother you know it's the devil's in the details but you know travel insurance can be very very valuable if you get the policy that covers you know
0: yeah, I'm gonna check it out. trip.com. Yeah. We're gonna go. Hopefully, fingers crossed to France in November, California in the winter, and then I even just booked a trip to Cancun. Yeah, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, is traveling. I got my passport, brand new, renewed just last week, so I am. I'm not waiting to break it in Good for you. And I think, yeah.
1: by the way, I, I I think I already mentioned that Europe this summer is a mess. Like November in Europe is just amazing. Like France, it's like
0: yes. That's, That's what, what I'm like hoping for. I'm all about
1: the shoulder season, like.
0: Um. Yeah. I've never. I. You know. Actually, I've never been to France in in November. I lived there for for many months in college, but that was during the winter, spring, and yeah. So I'm. I hope it's just not going to be too cold.
1: No, you'll be fine. These days, I mean, in November now in New York, we have 80 degree days. So it's true.
0: <laughs> That's true. Thanks I to like global it. warming,
1: wetter weather, and like.
0: That's yeah, true. Looking cute. Old fashion. Yeah. Well, I'll be toting some, you know, some kids who probably won't yeah. be as thrilled as yeah. me to be there, but i uh, going to do like a chocolate tour or something. All right. Let's talk about if you do want to book a flight for the Thanksgiving holidays or the Christmas holidays or anything in the fall. It is the sort of, quote unquote, off-season shoulder season. So that alone could probably save you a little bit of money. But what other advice do you have for us as we're navigating flights? And then we can talk about hotels, but I feel like flights is where you can yeah. you really like get stuck because you don't have as many options.
1: Yeah. So flights, you know, in general, these days we say book in advance uh, as far as possible for the most part. Now, that that was for this summer, I think, for the fall. So first of all, what I recommend, I use Google flights. So Google dot com slash flights similar mm-hmm. to ensure my trip. It pulls in most airlines like sometimes it doesn't pull in Southwest or some of the others, but it allows you to visualize the flights. And I always, you know, filter nonstops because take a, these days, take a nonstop, pay extra, do not, anytime you needlessly add in another flight, you are asking for trouble. And if you are Mm -hmm. adamant on saving money, or if you have to do that connection, which many people do, because they don't live in cities with nonstop, you've got to build it. Give yourself at least two hours domestic, at least. In Europe, I planned a five hour layover in London and my friend thought I was crazy, but my flight was delayed. I had to switch terminals, security, immigration, like, and look, so I say build in big uh connection times. The the days of the 45-minute connection, uh you are Yeah, right. Trouble, you know. And it's crazy the airlines still sell them. And um so anyway, uh so Google Flights is great. It'll actually give you an indicator whether this price is like low, medium or high. Um another site that and I love using data. People will say, "Brian, you know, I'm going to Sarasota. Is this a good price?" I'm like, "How would I know?" Like you need to use a you need to use you know, algorithms that have billions of data set, you know. So Hopper also, and Google Flights will also let you track flights. And then the real way you save money is through flexibility. So I recommend put in through Google Flights, pull in other airports, and also look at the calendar view, because often changing your flight dates by a single day can save you 30 40%. So, yes. you know, obviously flying 6 a.m. Thanksgiving Day is going to be wildly cheaper than 9 p.m. the night before. And by the way, most 6 a.m. flights or 5 a.m. flights go out on time. They're the most on time flights. So, you know, it is a little bit of a risk flying the day of. But, you know, that's where you save money by being flexible, traveling other airports. Um, But just know, too, especially with the super low-cost carriers, the fare is just one small piece of the total price you'll you'll pay. So if you are checking bags or, you know, some airlines even charge for carry-ons, like, don't just look at that cheap fare and be like, oh, you know, Frontier is the best way to go. Paying $40 more For Southwest, which includes two free check bags and, you know, is a more on-time airline. Yeah.
0: Just say, what would Brian Kelly do? Just, just have that in your head as you're booking. Can I, um, complain about one more thing? Um, Because you talked about sneakiness and that's just such the right word to describe these airlines. I was coming back from a work trip. I was in the CNET offices in San Francisco, coming back to New, to Newark. And then the day before the returning flight, I get an email from United that was just like, Hey, I think, you know, with the weather the way it is, we're anticipating some rain. You might want to rebook your flight. It was a very weird email because it wasn't like official. It wasn't like we are booking, rebooking your flight or we're canceling flights or anything. And I was like, the skies look clear to me. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. Well, come to find out that they had canceled the flight right before mine. And it was chaos at our gate and all these hundreds of people from the flight before trying to find a new flight. So they were proactively trying to get a bunch of us on that 8 a.m. flight to just voluntarily rebook on our own dime yeah, because they weren't going to pay for it. But now they have to pay for it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. They are sneaky. And they'll be, they'll scare people to be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, just stay extra or am I going to, you know. But at the end of the day, so even if it is beautiful weather in San Francisco, I will say I use flightaware.com and I'll actually see where my plane's coming from and then check the weather and flightaware is really a great tool it's free and it'll actually give you a misery map and it'll show you where the delays are and these days what happens is you know that's when we see the meltdowns every airline has them and it's like you know thunderstorms in Orlando cause a cascading effect across the whole network so yeah um, I try I do try to like the day before I track my flight and Even FlightAware has this really cool feature where it'll actually tell you when the captain files the flight plan for the flight. And that's when you know the flight's actually going to leave. Because the airlines will tell you, you know, the gate agents often don't know. But when I get the alert, the captain has filed, it's not 100%, but it's like, okay, this flight's actually going out now.
0: uh huh. But,
1: well, um, but yeah, certainly I'm the learning so always.
0: much, I am learning so much. You're giving me way I, more than I ever I, thought I I'd just get.
1: say on the, cause if the airline wants to bump you, um, you know, that is, you should demand compensation and always when negotiating, if you say, you Hey, I'll take the flight the next day. I want to stay with my friends a day longer. Um, when you're at the airport, always make sure when they rebook you and you get all your compensation, you know what you're comfortable with, um, Always ask to be put in first class. People always forget to do this, and the gate agent, when they, when they're like, "Oh fine, we have our volunteer, we're going to give you a thousand bucks or 2,000 in credits," always put in, I'll do it, OK, I'll do it if you rebook me in first class." And nine times out of ten, as long as there's a seat open, that gate agent wants you out of their hair. Yeah, do it. And often what they do is they'll put you in a full first- class ticket, fare code, which earns you a ton more frequent flyer miles.:
0: Ah, uh, ever heard Stars? The cherry on top, you know, you mentioned Spirit Airlines and JetBlue won the won that bid. How do you see that shaking out, and and how how might that impact pricing and the travel experience for passengers? Yeah. Speaking oh. as a, I was I was a huge JetBlue fan, and yeah. I feel like they they sort of lost their their touch. Yeah, so a little bit. I
1: am a big JetBlue fan. Like their Mint product is my favorite way to go across the oh, country. Right. They're innovative. They give free fast Wi-Fi, free Dunkin' Donuts to everyone. I'm six foot seven. So I can, I fly JetBlue coach, no problem, because it's actually like humane in terms of the seat sizes (laughs) wider than the others or Airbus planes. So there's a lot I like about JetBlue. Um, They've struggled because what the U.S. has allowed is that, you know, four carriers, you know, Southwest acquired Airtran, United acquired Continental, Delta, Northwest, American, U.S. Airways. So we've created this like, Four airlines are 80% of the market share in the U.S. So these smaller carriers like JetBlue and Spirit and Frontier, they're really like in order to win in the airline business, you need scale of operations. You need to have a ton of planes. And, you know, the more planes you have, the less it costs per plane to maintain. So JetBlue is in this place where it's like we're a great airline that I do think they're customer focused. I love, you know, in general, JetBlue flight attendants are you know, nice. And it's like, I love what they built, because I think in in travel, we need more humanity. And not mm-hmm. that Spirit, I fly Spirit short flights. And I think it's, I, I, I don't hate on them as much as other people, because they serve really cheap fares to a market that just wants to get from A to B, they don't need a recline, they don't need free coffee. I, so I get the need for all of these types of carriers. I personally think actually, so off the bat, you would think less competition, higher fares. Now, the thing is, Spirit Airlines is not actually... Most people who fly Delta and United um, and JetBlue, they're not going to book a ticket on Spirit for $20 less or $30. Like, in fact, you know, so basically by JetBlue taking over Spirit's planes and making doubling its size, it actually puts more pressure in the markets where they compete for, like, more upscale passengers so I think there could be, with JetBlue being a healthy fifth carrier in the U.S., I think it does actually check the other carriers. Because I've seen when JetBlue launched Mint on L.A., they had 599 one way. The other carriers, when it was American United and Delta, it used to be 3000 one way to go in New York to L.A. because they fleeced business passengers. JetBlue came in, and with the JetBlue effect, and we're seeing that now they they launch London service. So they do put lower pressure on the main carriers. So selfishly, that's the realm that I fly in, the frequent traveler. I think that it would bring check, keep those airlines in check, you know, with less, you know, ultra low cost fares, you know, uh, will Frontier be able to compete or expand? Uh, so in in the end, I do think Due to the you know less competition isn't great for consumers. However, I don't think JetBlue has a pathway to success. So I think this is what JetBlue needs in order to get its act together. As you mentioned, they've kind of taken a nosedive. They're one of the worst on-time airlines. Their planes, which used to be beautiful and new, are starting to look old. And I don't think they'll be able to compete being this kind of boutique carrier in a space that's dominated Mm -hmm. by the majors.
0: Yeah, I wish them the best. I do because I really do like their mint um luxury, you know, yeah. cabin. And
1: Their food is amazing. It's, it's like they yeah. actually try. I think they're the only airline in the US, frankly, that is like trying to make the experience nice for consumers. Um, maybe that's harsh. Right, well,
0: with, with a couple minutes left, Brian, what is I know you're gonna have your hands full in a couple of months, um expecting your uh baby boy. Congratulations. Thank you. I I guess you won't be doing a lot of like long leg travel for a while, but if there's one place you could visit between now and let's say the end of the year or where you want us to encourage us to go, where would it be and why?
1: Well, so I will say Tahiti is one of my favorite destinations. um, And Delta just announced new routes uh, that they're flying LA to Tahiti. So you can now fly Delta, United, or... uh, uh, Air France and French Beast. So French- Tahiti is an amazing destination. And if you go July through October, um, it's whale season. And you can. it's one of the only countries in the world where you can actually snorkel with the humpbacks, which I did two years ago. And it was one of the most insanely amazing travel experiences of my life. And then I'll also just plug South Africa. Uh, there's also yeah. new flights to Cape Town nonstop from the US on Delta, United, um, in South Africa, you know, it's it's Southern Hemisphere. So December in Cape Town is stunning, hot beach. Go on safari at Kruger. Sabi Sands is like my favorite place to go on safari. Explore Cape Town. The Cape Winelands are amazing. And one of the positives for Americans now is the U.S. dollar is so strong, nearly on par with the euro. So European trips are cheaper than before. And the same in South Africa. The dollar, you will be shocked at how far, cheap, you know, gorgeous meals for $40, right? Like five star, it's like very affordable, um, even more so now that the dollar is very strong against the RAND, so those are my- So maybe
0: getting there will be a pain in the butt, but once you're there, yeah, your dollar's going be good. Stop.
1: Use your frequent flyer miles. And then once you get there, things are pretty inexpensive. So, you know.
0: Brian Kelly, thank you so much. Always so great to talk. And I, my notes are full. I'm going to put all those links in our show notes. So appreciate you. Have a great rest of your summer.
1: Thanks, news. Safe travels, everyone.
0: Thanks so much to Brian for joining us. Check out the Points Guy for all your travel advice needs. If you like what you're listening to, here's my ask. Subscribe leave a review. Every Friday, I pick a reviewer of the week to get a free 15-minute money session with me. Would love for you to be next. I'll see you back here on Wednesday, and I hope your day is so money.